right, back on the Young Turks. Um, so in the post game, JR is gonna join me. We're gonna do a story about AOC and her hair. Uh, she's now being attacked for uh, getting a haircut. <laughs> Not joking, okay, it's insane out there. The next person I'm gonna interview uh, might get similar attacks uh, if she wins. So uh, I, I, if you haven't met her yet, uh, that's I want you to, and that's why we're doing this. And we've got some wonderful news, so let's get to it. Joining me now is Jessica Cisneros. Uh, she is running for Congress in Texas's 28th district against a guy known as Trump's favorite Democrat, uh, Henry Cuellar. Jessica, welcome back to the Young Turks. Thank you so much for having me, and excited to be back. Well, I'm excited not only because you're back, because you're but you're back with amazing news. Jesus, Lord, mercy! How much did you raise in the third quarter? Uh, let's see, uh, more than $300,000, it was amazing. <laughs> wow. It was thanks to the support of everyone, it was great. And I think this sends a message that people wanna see more primary challenges. Um, people wanna see somebody that's reflective of the community um, taking on this um, challenge. It really is a challenge, but luckily we've been having the support of um, folks on the ground and people that you know, they just want to see more um, challenges because it it keeps our democracy healthy. Yeah, and so look, let's keep it going. Jessica Cisneros for Congress.com. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, so, uh, look, guys, uh, I got to give you context here. So, back in 2017, when AOC was running as a Just Democrat, very similar to Jessica, she raised only sixty thousand dollars the whole year. So, Jessica has now raised four hundred fifty-nine thousand dollars. Uh, and that's because people know that she can win. Uh, it's a new day in America, and so when the Just Democrats won last time, it, it now got people to a point where they realize uh, that new Just Democrats can be Democratic incumbents, especially terrible ones like Quayer. I'm gonna get back to Quayer's uh, record in a second, but Jessica, you also got a whole heap of endorsements. So uh, who has endorsed you lately? <laughs> well. Uh the, our first major endorsement was Senator Elizabeth Warren. Um, well, after the first endorsement, which was Justice Democrats, and you know has been uh, instrumental in our success because um, they put us out there. They helped us, you know, start this campaign and have still been a great support. Um, after that, it was Senator Elizabeth Warren, um, and then now we're proud to announce that we've been endorsed by Sunrise Movement and Working Families Party. All right, excellent. Now, uh, Cuellar, uh, on the other hand, has been endorsed by Nancy Pelosi. Okay, let's go over Cuellar's record. Um, so look, uh, a lot of times these conservative Democrats, they're terrible on economic issues, but at least uh, they're good on uh, social issues. So uh, Cuellar, is he pro-choice? Anti-choice. So, Jesus, okay, anti-choice. Uh, yet Democratic leadership is supporting him. Uh, what are his other conservative positions? He has an A rating from the NRA, is taking hundreds and thousands of dollars from the private prison industry, from big oil, from the Koch brothers. Um, the NRA also floats him some money as well. Um, he's anti-labor, um, I mean, just anti-environment. I mean, just pick an issue and this guy is always gonna come out on the other side. It's um, a wonder. You know why he calls himself a Democrat. I think my team and I already. I mean, we we have this game where we're like we can't be shocked by another bad vote, um, and we keep you know 
seeing how bad of a Democrat he is. And he keeps shocking us. We're already beyond the point where it's like, this can get worse, right? And then it does. In the first two years of Trump's administration, how many times did, as a percentage, did Cuellar vote with Trump? Last Congress, he voted with Trump 70% of the time, including funding the wall, which now the people here in my hometown of Laredo are facing the possibility that it's gonna be built here at home. It's already being built in other parts of the district. Um, and ever, but I mean, we've already seen also the effect that the campaign has had uh, on his uh, voting record. Since knowing he was gonna be primaried, it's come down to 50, not that it's much better. Um, but he's been his he's been flipping on votes. For example, um, for the first time, he voted for the fifteen dollar minimum wage, um, and then recently on impeachment, we got him to flip his vote on that as well. So look, I, I think Jessica stands an excellent chance of winning. But understand that even if you volunteer for her or you donate to her, etc., it scares Quayar and other incumbents into vote, even if they're not remotely progressive. And Quayar is. The furthest thing you can get from a progressive gets them to vote for progressive priorities because they're scared. So every dollar matters, every volunteer matters because it pushes them in the right direction. I mean, here's a guy voting for the wall, okay? And all of a sudden, he never voted with the workers, never. Then Jessica gets in the race and he's like, oh, yeah, I meant $15 minimum wage. Oh, I see. Now all of a sudden, you got a little panic in you. So, look, this is a really hard question, Jessica, but. Pelosi's backing Cuellar, even though he voted with Trump 70% of the time. What happens if you win? Uh, then she's gonna come and hug you and kiss you and say I was always on your side. Um, and, and then she's gonna tell you to vote against Medicare for all and she's gonna tell you to vote against Green New Deal. What do you do? I mean, I'm gonna do what the people that elected me to do. Um, I'm gonna be on the side of my people, the side of people in the district. Um, we haven't had another option for the past 15 years. This is a district that you know, aligns itself with the Democratic Party and Democratic values. Unfortunately, we've only had a conservative Democrat um, be on the ballot. Um, so people are excited that there's a progressive in, in, in the running and they're excited that it's someone young, someone that's here from the district, born and raised and know what it's like growing up here and someone that's not out of touch. Um, I think one of the things Square tries to say is that he's also from the district and that he's also the son of farm workers. Um, I am the child of farm workers. But if he really was and had an ear to the ground, he'd know better than to vote to cut the wages of farm workers by $3 per hour. That's how out of touch this guy is. And we know we're gonna win because we've got an ear to the ground and we're actually out there listening to the concerns that people have. And we also have the solutions and that that's what we're fighting for. So hold up, Jessica, that's really important. How did he cut or how did he vote to cut the wages of farm workers by $3? He was in the last Congress, that was one of his votes. Um, it came up, it was a, a provision that um, obviously corporations that wanted to exploit farm workers were seeking to cut their wages. Um, and he decided to side with, side with them and people in the district were so upset um, that he actually went against um, farm workers. And there's so many people here on the border that either their family came here and started off as farm workers or are currently working as farm workers themselves. I mean, is it any surprise that a guy taking money from the Koch brothers is gonna vote against workers? Of course he is, of course he is. So it, calling this guy a colleague is 
preposterous, okay? So yeah, you're on our side if you vote against Trump. Now, I mean, on his best day, he's trying to act like, he's trying to act right because you scared him. He still agrees with Trump half the time. I, when he's trying to pretend not to agree with Trump. Anyway, so how, how blue is the district? This is a district that in the last presidential election voted with Hillary Clinton 20 by 20 points. In the Senate race between Beto O'Rourke and Ted Cruz, the Senate, I mean, this district won to Beto by 20 points as well. So it's solidly, solidly blue. Everybody knows that whoever makes it out of the primary is gonna win in the general election. So I bring that up because I think we have our answer as to an earlier question you asked earlier. I don't know why he calls himself a Democrat. That's why he calls himself a Democrat. He's a Republican, but he can't win in that district as a Republican. So he calls himself a Democrat and then gets in and votes with the Republicans seven out of 10 times. So exactly, and not even voting like with them. He also endorses and fundraises for Republicans. Um, one of them was a congressional, a very competitive congressional race in the last cycle, um, where he endorsed and fundraised for John Carter. Doesn't make sense. And that was a super close race. So all the the, the Pelosi's of the world say, "Oh no, no, uh, we have to support fellow Democrats." He threw a fellow Democrat under the bus. By the way, he also ran a primary against a Democratic incumbent. They're giant hypocrites, right? And then he turns around and helps a Republican defeat a Democrat in a really close race. And yet, Democratic leadership's like, well, he did a cute trick and he put a D instead of an R next to his name. We don't care how many times he votes with Trump. So hell no, hell no. Look, but I wanna tell the audience something. So Jessica's doing amazing with fundraising and with endorsements, etc. But none of it matters if you don't get people out to vote, okay? So if Cuellar wins, he's gonna, everybody in Washington is gonna say, see, progressives can't win. You see, what you gotta do is you gotta sell out, you gotta take Koch brother money, and you gotta work with Trump. Do not let that be the message. It is massively important to the whole country and the whole movement that Jessica wins. So no joke, no exaggeration. Jessica Cisneros for Congress.com. We're gonna have the links down below to donate, to volunteer. And it's not, look, I want you to donate. She doesn't take any corporate PAC money. She's a just Democrat, etc. But you also somehow, you got, if you're in that district, you've got to volunteer. You've got to get out there. And your donations aren't just for ads. They're also to hire staff to knock on doors to make sure, because we cannot lose this race. It is so important to the whole country. So Jessica, I do wanna ask you one more question. So if if you win, there's going to be, a, and it's really hard for you to see it now, but there is, when you get there, you're gonna get an enormous amount of pressure to just cooperate with your Democratic colleagues. So they're gonna say, hey, there's people in purple districts, Jessica, and if you vote that way, or if you pressure for a vote and you pressure leadership, uh, you're you're gonna hurt your beloved colleague in that purple or red district. So again, I ask you, what what do you do in a situation like that when they put pressure like that on you? Just remember who elected me. From the very beginning, we've said that this campaign is for la gente, for the people of South Texas. And they're the ones that I'm gonna be accountable to. Um, one of the things that I always say is that I'm very, 
happy that I have the experience of being an attorney and bringing that into um, transitioning those skills into this race and campaigning. And once I'm in office, those are skills that I'm going to use. One of the most important duties that an attorney has is the duty to his or her client. And no matter who your decision affects, you're always going to look for the interests of your client. And that's what I'm going to be doing here. I'm still, you know, I'm making my case. I'm making my case not in a courtroom, but in a district. And the jury and the judge are the voters. And those are the people that I am accountable to. Um, so I'm not going to budge. I am not going to sell out. I am going to be a fierce advocate for my people of Texas 28. There you go. Jessica Cisneros for Congress.com. Jessica, thank you so much for joining us on The Young Turks and for taking the fight to one of the worst Democrats in the country. Godspeed. Thank you all so much. All right, thank you. All right, when we come back, uh, a woman running against the other most conservative Democrat in the country. They are the two worst Democrats in the whole country. Marie Newman's taking on Lipinski. We'll talk to her when we come back. All right, back on the Young Turks. Uh, let me go to my next great guest. Joining me now is Marie Newman. She's running for Congress in Illinois' third district against one of the most conservative Democrats in the country. Uh, Marie, welcome to the Young Turks. Thank you, good evening. Uh, great to have you here. So, uh, Marie, you've been endorsed by the Just Democrats, uh, Emily's List, Move On, NARAL, Planned Parenthood, PCCC, um, uh, and uh, Dan Lipisky has not. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, 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 you almost beat him last time. It was a very close race, and in fact, if more people had supported you back then, um, you'd right now be Congresswoman Newman. Uh, and uh, and I think that we're look. Uh, I, I don't mind it, uh, admitting my perspective at all. Uh, you're a just Democrat. I support you 100% in any rational progressive would. Um, so, uh, but tell the audience uh, why Lipinski is problematic because there are, there are still plenty of Democrats in the House who go, oh no, no, he's our colleague. We're going to back him. That's right. So it, it from the outside, it it is a little puzzling. He's been there. A long time, right? Um, but the district really is looking for a real Democrat with a real plan. And the problem is Dan has, is neither. So um, he simply is completely out of alignment with the district. So he's anti-healthcare, he voted against Obamacare, um, and continues to uh, vote against those uh, needs and interests of the district. He's anti-immigrant, um, he is anti-worker, um, he, all of the foundational elements of the party, he's anti-paid leave, anti-universal child care, is not supporting the uh, Social Security 2100 Act, is um, we had to, the district, and I'm very proud of this, actually the district and I pushed him at the very end of my campaign last time to get on board with $15 an hour so hard that in the last four weeks he finally acquiesced and uh, signed on to $15 an hour. So. Um, the district and I work pretty well together, and, and that's a proven fact. And I think that's why folks are welcoming me back, is that we did a lot of great work in that um, in that campaign as a team, the district and I. So he's completely out of line with the district, has been for some time. It is a deeply blue district. Hillary won it by 15 points, Bernie won it by eight. So a very conservative uh, individual is not a good fit for this district, and that's what Dan is. So I read that he was reluctant to endorse Obama in 2012. Is that right? Not reluctant. He didn't. Did not support President Obama. <laughs> oh, well, wait, Marie. Wait a minute. Now, I thought that we had to support Dan Lipinski because of unity. 
but apparently <laughs> he doesn't believe in democratic unity when it comes to even the president of the United States. Hmm, kind of curious, don't yeah, you think? So, yeah, a little bit of hypocrisy there, right? <laughs> a little bit, uh, maybe we should tell Pelosi about it. Anyway, I'll get to that in a second. Um, how did he vote on the Affordable Care Act? So he voted against the Affordable Care Act. And let me just give you an update. In the last two months, he has supported a Republican bill that would take away Obamacare further from a million workers that work under $40 an hour. So he didn't just vote for it then, just recently continues to take it away from people. And, and in his voting record, it says that he's against LGBTQ equality. But what does that mean? Let's be more specific of that. What, what are his votes or his positions on that? Yeah, so at the things he's done in the last uh, few years. So he is um, against marriage equality. Um, he has um, frequently tried to bring up a bill that would create discrimination in the workplace. Um, and then most recently with the Equality Act, he ultimately in the very last hours before the bill went to the floor decided to sign onto it. However, he then vote with the Republicans on dissent. So what that means is yes, but no, which ultimately means no. Jesus Christ, in a, in a district that is deeply blue, to have a Republican in disguise. We have evidence that is something like 90% of the population in Illinois 3 is um, very pro-equality. Yeah, um, that, which makes all the sense in the world in a very blue district. Um, and look, you know, as I look at his record, uh, Maria, I think he, he ran because his dad had the seat, and so it was kind of handed to him. So that actually starts to make sense because maybe he was just a Republican, but he ran as a Democrat because it's a really blue district and his dad was a Democrat. And so that was the way to get in. But once he gets in, he votes with the Republicans. So what's funny about that is that he was living in Tennessee up until about nine weeks out from the general in 2004. You know the story, his dad asked him to come up and then they appointed him and he became the nominee. But he was a registered Republican in Tennessee. Yeah, of course, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. But, but like, that's the most yeah. obvious thing in the world. Of course, he's a Republican. So, which then, yeah. uh, first of all, Marie Newman for Congress.com. I want to be very clear. Marie Newman for Congress.com. Thank you. We'll have the yes, links Marie down. Newman. Yeah, we'll have the links down below if you're watching later on YouTube or Facebook. Click on the links. Uh, and, and another way to donate is just Democrats.com slash Marie, okay? Uh, because small dollar donations make a big difference. Marie's not taking corporate PAC money. Lipinski, yes. of course, is right. Um, so, but that leads us to Steny Hoyer, and um, so Steny Hoyer says he's supporting Lipinski. Um, and he, if folks don't know, he's number two Democrat in the House, and he says, that, "quote There's absolutely room in the Democratic Party for anti-choice lawmakers." How do you respond to that? So certainly Congressman Hoyer is low in his rights and his opinions. My opinion is, is that you have to be in alignment with your district no matter what. 70% of our district is pro-choice. Just simply, and, and there's study after just study that shows that. So there is just no equivocating on that. I'm 100% pro-choice. Dan is 100% anti-choice. Plus, plus, and very important, he does not believe in birth control. So even folks that are pro-life um, or anti-choice believe in birth control. So literally, he's disenfranchising the entire district on this topic. Um, no, I did not know that about it being uh, against birth control. I mean, that's that's like that's Ken Cuccinelli type of 
stuff. I mean, that's that's not just a normal Republican. That's like a really right wing Republican position to have, and an incredibly extreme right wing position to have. So, but look, that it, Marie, if you win, and I obviously I think you have an excellent chance, given that you had no name recognition last time around, and you still came within two thousand votes of beating him, just two points. And so now with more name recognition, more endorsements, etc., and and hopefully more donations and on all of that, you stand an excellent chance. So if you win, Hoyer and Pelosi will turn around and they will say, "Now you are our beloved colleague." Now remember, Marie, we support our own, and they will pressure you to back other Democrats, even if they vote against progressive priorities. So how will how will you respond to that? If you're a congressperson, so yeah, so and who knows um, who will be speaker by that time, right? So who knows who will be pressuring me? But you're right, there will be some level of pressure to um, back incumbents, no matter you know, vote blue, no matter who. Um, and so I have a long and very rich history of being a rebel, <laughs> so I am very comfortable in my own shoes and making my own decisions. So I will make decisions based on the alignment they have with their district as well as their values. That's how I'll make decisions, not by pressure from other people. So uh, has um, have uh, people in Congress uh, endorsed you despite uh, the uh, admonishment by leadership to never back uh, a challenger no matter how progressive they are? Yeah, there's lots of folks. Um, so I will tell you right now, um, confirmed people that have endorsed me are AOC and uh, Congressman Rokana. Um, but here's what I would predict is that um, others will come. Yeah, and uh, not surprising that other just Democrats have stepped up. Um, and uh, Roe wrote, shouldn't endorsing uh, Marie Newman be a no brainer for anyone who is a progressive in Congress? It's a good question. Um, yeah. How about the presidential candidates, Marie? Oh my gosh, we, um, and I'm not saying this from a political perspective, I actually. I uh, think we have an abundance of riches, um, and I'm incredibly blessed that four of them have actually endorsed me. Um, so I'm in a situation where um, I'm watching and waiting to see um, a few more debates, quite frankly. Uh, but I think that we are going to get it down to three or four by the um, early part of first quarter. Um, and we're going to be in a really good position where the strongest is going to be forward. But here's the good news is we have lots of great candidates. I mean, they're very strong in their own right. So who are the four that endorsed you? Uh, so Kirsten Gillibrand, who's now out of the race, uh, Governor Jay Inslee, uh, now out of the race. The two that remain in the race are, uh, are uh, Senator Sanders and Senator Warren. All right, makes sense. So Marie, how about your priorities? So it's like at this point, needless to say, Lipinski's against Green New Deal, Medicare for all. Obviously, right? So, what are your top priorities if you get into Congress? So, my priorities are really simple. So, our focus is on the income divide and what we call solving the inaffordability of life. So, many people come to us saying life's not affordable, and I agree. It's simply not. So, our solution set are those things that are like more affordable, and they include passing Medicare for all, passing paid leave. Um, providing legislation around universal child care, um, empowering unions, raising wages, and providing student debt relief and free college um, at the state level. All right, uh, the choice has never been more stark. <laughs> so you could, in that district, um, 
And again, guys, let me emphasize the importance of this. If Lipinski wins, the message in Washington is support incumbents no matter what. They could be the most right-wing Republican there is. It doesn't matter, they did the cute little trick of putting a D next to their name. And so don't let progressives run, okay? If Marie wins, then the opposite message goes out. We don't need Republicans in sheep's clothing in really blue districts. And progressives can win anywhere. And so Marie's race is super important in its own right, but it has national ramifications. That's why it's really important to support her through donations, again, because she's not taking corporate PAC money, and volunteer and get out there and let's make a difference. Marie Newman for Congress.com. Marie, thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. No problem. All right. Um, So, how's that for two powerful just Democrats? Let's send a message, brothers and sisters. Send a message and send two new Congress uh, people into Washington. All right. So, uh, when we come back for the members, JR and I will break down, speaking of just Democrats, uh, a new line of attack against AOC. She gets her hair done. Not joking, that was an actual attack. We'll break it down and in its full absurdity when we return for the members. And if you wanna be a member, tyt.com slash join and we'll see you there.